Welcome to the Prepare to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here at Dane Lee. Today, we're uh, going to get into a little bit more of a, a business podcast, talking about uh, culture within business and what that means and how to kind of create it and some misconceptions around you know, building cultures within business. Big misconception uh, Dane was just talking about when people open businesses, they, they often say like, oh, you know, we're going to do X and Y and we're going to build this culture around the business and, you know, this is how we're going to do things and this is the way it's going to be. But nothing that the owner does or, you know, the trickle down staff does actually emulates that culture that they're trying to create. Um, so it sounds kind of like a false message to not only your um, audience, but then within the staff as well. Um, <clears throat> I know a lot of people that we've listened to on podcasts have talked about this and, um, you know, and it's kind of like the big thing, like, like Dane said, it's like a, a buzzword almost. Mm-hmm. And you'll see there's like, uh, like classes or seminars or whatever you want to call them on like building a winning culture and all these things. And, you know, from, from my experience and like people I've talked to and, um, I've been connecting a lot more with business owners that have been around a long time in kind of like the advice. And this is actually semi some stuff that we've talked about, um, lately with, within that group of people that I know, um, you know, within trying to build the culture, you know, I've talked about this with them as far as like the gym. All right. I have, you know, set guidelines of how I like the gym to be ran. This is kind of the atmosphere that I want to provide, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I would sort of expect people to do X and Y and work, you know, this hard and, you know, all those great things. But at the same time, like we also have to remember, like I can go balls to the wall, you know, <laughs> and just and just go all day and be broke, you know what I mean? Sweat my ass off, just done, you know. Doesn't mean that the the next person beside you is gonna uh, gonna be that way, right? You know what I mean? So that could have to do with you know different personalities. So w- whenever I talked to one of these guys recently, he was talking to me about. There's always certain attitudes and personalities within a business. So you have your people that are extremely driven. You have your people that are more influencers to everything. So that's like your uh, person that can sell really good, mm-hmm. the person that can influence people to buy things, or just in general, a lot of people kind of listen to what they're saying, you know, or uh, respect what they're saying, and they just kind of have like that following in a sense. Um, and I'm not talking like social media following, just it's a whole different type of influencer. And then you have your people that are going to show up and they're the nine to fiver, just want the paycheck. They'll do a good job. And, you know, they come to work every day. They do what they, you know, they can. And um, that's basically how they are. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They they just, they no, don't care to ever climb the ladder. Just, you know, just show up and do the work. Mm-hmm. Um and then you have your people that will always bring creative ideas, push back on things you say, like test you in a way, which, you know, it sounds like a bad thing, but it's also kind of not in a way because that's how new ideas are sparked. Right. You know, if yeah. you, if you go look inside of like big, big companies, 
they have a lot of people like that because mm-hmm. if you don't have new creative ideas and you're just stuck in your own way, what if the market shifts? What if, um, you know, the thinking or, or just the culture of society changes, you know, which we're kind of seeing now with a lot of these big companies getting involved in so many things. Um, but if someone doesn't bring those new ideas, then you're still just kind of going along the same path and you might miss the market completely 10 years down the road. And I'm stagnating. So, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of yeah. books that are out. A couple that I've read. One is um, Charisma uh, by Sally Hogshead, where they talk about the different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, not like the the personality types, as far as like the Myers-Briggs and stuff like that, but they start putting um, these classifications so that you can look when you're hiring Mm -hmm. like what are you missing in the department how do things work together well and it's like you said like there are those people who are incredibly extroverted they're fantastic at talking to people they're not going to come to you with ideas Mm -hmm. but if you say hey we need to make sure that we're really good at selling this or getting people to sign up or just bringing people in in general like they're your guy yeah you know bring them in that's what is going to be the bread and butter there's going to be those people, like you said, they come up with ideas all the time. Uh, I like the way that she does a breakdown because there are the people that challenge you and it's like almost a compulsion for them where like you present something and they're like, yeah, but what if? Mm-hmm. And you end up either figuring out that, yeah, there's a flaw in your plan and you can correct it and fix it. Maybe there's a different thing we can do as well in conjunction with it. Or you end up becoming really uh, strong in your conviction for it. Or it's like, if you have someone who challenges you, as annoying as that might be, by the end of it, you're either going to be really strong in what it is that you came up with because you've figured out yeah. what the possible errors might be, or you've made it even better because that person has. Yeah, I tend to be, uh, I'm thinking about all the examples that it's happened with you, where it's like, I come up with ideas, I'm like, hey, we should do this. Mm. You're like, yeah, that's, that's great. But we like no. we have all these other things on the table. Like, let's finish some of this first. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take care of the other projects that are there. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I get really excited to come yeah. up with it. Um, and it takes someone like you to be very grounding and be like, let's be practical about mm-hmm. what we can actually do right now. Yeah. But there's always like that right time, right place in a way of like, and we might come back to it later and be mm-hmm. like, okay, let's do that. You know. So yep. it's. I mean, the podcast might, is an easy example. Yeah, or we might never do it. Yeah. You know, so it um, kind of goes both ways. Yeah, when the other thing, like when I was, I was talking to this guy, it's been kind of helping me with different decisions, um, well, at least giving me advice on them. He had talked about, like, you know, if you're going to make those decisions, you have to know, like, your reasoning for it. So, like, what's your why? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do it? If there's any question to it, you don't do it. Yeah. So like kind of like that is either a hell yes or a no. Yeah. yeah. Because some things, this is how people get trapped in business sometimes. So for example, like I've mentioned a gym or two around here that probably shouldn't be expanding just based on I'm not a dumbass and I know their numbers mm-hmm. around about, I know how much they charge a month. I know how much that space is that they're probably getting, but they're so stuck in that mindset of like, well, bigger is better. And if we're a bigger gym, then we're going to be better and more well-known and we're going to dominate the area. You know, that kind of thinking, that's how you get trapped in business, always chasing or always trying to like keep up with the big guy or, you know, whatever, instead of kind of being in your own zone. So like 
you know, with every expansion that I've ever done, I've asked myself this thing, like, why are we doing it? What's the purpose? What's the point? What's the possible outcomes? You know what I mean? And if any part of that is ever ego driven of, I just want to be the, the biggest gym, or I just want to make, bring in the most revenue. I'm not even talking to make the most profit because that that's been seen around here that doesn't bigger isn't better and it doesn't always work. Right. There's a couple of gyms that went out of business trying that. But if it's ever a question of like, if it was ever, I'm doing this to be bigger uh, in a sense of like, Oh, look how big of a gym I have and look how much equipment I have and look, you know, how fancy the equipment is, all that stuff. We're not doing it. You know what I mean? Right. It's still a business. It's still a bottom line dollar. So, as much as I would love to be all inclusive, biggest gym around, nicest equipment, most member, you know what I mean? Yeah, top, yeah. top of the game on everything. That's probably not going to happen. One, mm-hmm. um, that's just how the industry works. Like around here, for example, like you have your most member gym, which is the big commercial gym. Right. You have the top dog training gym, which is us. You have your fitness um, boot camp gyms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have your gyms that are so underground, they only have enough members to keep the lights on. You know, like every gym has is fit inside inside of something. Right. Do you know what I mean? Inside yeah, yeah. sub some kind of subculture. And you have to kind of understand where where that is. You know, you have your sports specific gyms. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's the people that like think that they're gonna just all inclusive do it all are the ones that never really get off the ground with any of it. Because you, know, you do so. see, like, if you did a national search, you might find a handful of places that manage to put almost everything under one roof. Mm-hmm. And it's because they have this unicorn effect on where they are, yeah, who they have, location, yeah. what the resources are yeah. that were available to them at the beginning. Yeah. And they just magically are able to make those things work. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's a lot of work. It's not just like... You yeah. know, magic, it just coincidentally, there's, they got there, lucky. There's gyms in some of these big cities that are multi-million dollar businesses that, you know, started kind of similar, you know, ground mm-hmm. up thing. People um, see that though and they're like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they, you know, and it's, it's again, the location, how many people, the population mm-hmm. density, all that. But then also like a lot of times it's, you'll see the owner was some big athlete or some exactly. kind of influence to where people are just going in there just because it's their gym, you right. know. Um, sometimes they influence the ability to bring in a higher level of coaching. So when you get higher level, more well-known, every coach is well-known kind of thing, mm-hmm. that's going to bring everything up. You right. know what I mean? Uh, one, one example I can think of is like hybrid performance. Like, you know, obviously Steffi Cohen, a lot of people know of her. Um, she's done great things as an athlete, you know, coach. And then you look at like inside of her camp of people, there's a lot of well-known athletes uh, that are becoming more well-known coaches because they're kind of shifting out of being that athlete Mm -hmm. and being more coach, but that's always going to drive people. And so, um, and not to mention it's in like a populated part of Florida. So, but um, got a good location factor going on there. Yeah. Back to kind of, you know, the culture aspect of everything, you know, I think like some places can pull it off. You know, they say this is the culture and everyone works their ass off and everyone is for the company. Everyone will break their back for the company, things like that. 
to build something like that, it, it's not easy, you know, it, and it does kind of fall back on like who you're hiring in. Oh yeah. Because you can hire the, the best worker, you know, mm-hmm. but if they're not, if they don't care how big the company ever gets, if they don't care to grow themselves, they're, they're probably, it's probably not going to better your company that much. Right. You know, they're just a filler. Basically. You have a limited number of spaces where someone like that would fit well. Yeah. And, you know, be able to benefit both you and them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to create that because like not everyone is driven the same way, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I've made the error where I always think it's like about money, you know? So, um, I pay, you know, a high percentage for training in the area comparative to everyone else. Yeah. Um, I've even at times wanted to offer more bonus or incentive or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but that's not always everyone's ultimate driver. So you can't build a culture around like, well, if I pay them more then they're going to buy in more to the culture of right. like what I want. And, um, yeah, it's almost like buying your employees. Like a, not everyone reacts to that. Cause some people just honestly don't give a shit right. about money. As long as they know? were able to cover like the bare minimum. Yeah. As long, yeah. As long as they cover their expenses and like they're not living on the street, they don't, you know, it's not really right. incentive. You know, for me, I try to, and this has worked and it's not worked. Um, I, I try to go and find out like what, okay, what do you need help with? What, Mm-hmm. And, and get to know each person and figure out like what's going to drive them. But then also like I, I try to check in on those people and it's not an everyday thing. I'm not your mother, you know, <laughs> but like it is one of those things where I'll find out like what's going on in their life or whatever. And I've told people before, like they were having whatever issues and I've told people before, Hey, for the next week, just don't even come in, stay at home, go do something, get out of town, go have fun, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We got it. Tell your clients you'll, you know, we can have someone else train them this week or whatever, whatever needs to happen. Um, there's been people that have, you know, back to the money thing where I've, it might not be much, but I've slipped an extra hundred bucks into their, their check and like, Hey, you're working hard. Thank you. Like, I know you need money, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Here you go. And it's also bit me in the ass where I've paid someone a lot and expected a result and never got that result. Mm-hmm. I've had people that, you know, you've paid them well and they still don't give a shit to try to get more clients or build the gym and they're very for themselves and yeah. things like that. So it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's fucking hard. Yeah. It's not easy just to hire people and then magically everything's just going to work out. Yeah. Especially within the fitness industry, because you have that much more, of a, a narrowing effect on who is available mm-hmm. in this area. I know that there are, I mean, it's a mid-sized area. It's not huge. Yeah. And there are a number of gyms. Yeah. So you know that there are people who are within the fitness industry yeah. in the area. Mm-hmm. But when I listen to some of the podcasts, they're talking about, well, you know, you'll have like 400 people come in to interview and of that you're narrowing it down. It's like, when is the last time that you had even a 10th of that? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, we can, we can, we can place out, you know, through social media or whatever. Um, I put on LinkedIn before like Mm -hmm. that we were hiring. Fuck, you might get one or two inquiries, right? You know, it's like, um, especially now, you know, a lot of shifted to online. So you get, you get a lot of 
people that are working out in the commercial gym and they're a trainer yeah. and they write some programs for the Joes that are in there and you know, they do some online stuff or whatever. They're, if you look at it, like actually look at the number of coaches that are around here, mm-hmm. like do it for a living coaches. There's not as many as you would think. A lot of them have other jobs or anybody that has like a large clientele base typically has their own gym their own spot. Yeah. And the problem with like this area in general is no one has that mindset of like, Hey, if three or four of us that have a good following of people just kind of linked up and got under one fucking roof, mm-hmm. not saying we all need to split the profits of the whole, you know, gym, but it's like, you know, with that expansion, it was that kind of how we had it set up. Like, yeah. guess what? Everyone's going to grow. Cause there's going to be more traffic that walks through this building then we can even fucking handle. Right. And soon everyone's going to be so slammed. Like you're not even going to have to ever worry about clients again. And that's know? not hyperbole. And like, no, it's just running the math on it, seeing yeah. where things were going when it started off in those first couple of months. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's like when you get to that point, you have that many people coming through the doors. Like we probably would have had to hire more coaches that would basically take on the people that every coach that we already had didn't want to take on or couldn't take on right. or whatever. How would you define the culture here at Unrivaled? Um, you know, for the most part, like I try to, like you've seen it like in meetings or whatever. Mm-hmm. I try to incentivize people to build themselves and build their own business within mm-hmm. the business. So like I used to think like that the gym was just going to be like when I opened the gym, I remember saying this, I think I posted about before is like, Oh, everyone's a go getter. Everyone's going to like, just, you know, going after clients like this and that. And it kind of seemed that way because we had so much flow into the gym. Right. But as it's grown, as it's moved on, like you start to kind of like what we talked about earlier for the people that have been around, they start to fall into their place of like, whether they're driven, whether the influencer, the one that just shows up or like, you know, whatever. So over the years, like that's kind of, everyone's kind of fell into their place. And then the new people that come in, you're almost waiting to see like you kind of, you know, during the interview time and all that, I kind of have an idea where they're going to fall in. But you don't actually know until you watch them work, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the the culture here, as much as I would like to like have it like, okay, everyone's a go-getter, everyone's the same, every, then everyone's a fucking robot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what I've learned is not everyone's going to be able to be the same as you, be the same as me, you know be the same as any other coach here. Everyone's going to be different. Right. So everyone's going to fall into their own place. And no matter what, like I can't force people to go get more clients. I can't force people to engage on their social media more. I can't force them to retain clients. I can't, you know what I mean? Right. So I think the culture here has just become a little bit more relaxed. And I hope like it, when people come in, it feels like more of a, this is home kind of feeling and this is like where i come to do what i need to do Mm -hmm. you know and um you know i would like it to be more of that um 
how do I put it? Like more of a family setting. Like I said, like okay. as much as like, now there's a time and place. Care about your problems. No shit needs done. But shit needs to get done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's kind of where we've shifted more to rather than like everyone go hard charging. Yeah. You have to be this way. Like, you know, do that. And everyone kind of brings their own little flair to everything, I guess. So but. if you were to not granted, we're not in all the other gyms. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of seeing from the outside, the results of them. But in your opinion, how's that differ from other gyms? I like, I have my um, opinion on it yeah, as well, but I think from what I've seen, you know, and mind you, I've been inside of some of these gyms, um, take out the, let's take out the commercial gyms for a minute. Okay. All right. I think this one's more professional based. Like, I feel like everyone in here has a larger knowledge base than a lot of other coaches. And that's not like, that's not being biased to like, Oh my God, like we're just the shit and everyone else sucks. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I feel like a lot of other gyms, it's very like, we're a community and every, it's so laid back and like, we don't, um, we don't actually coach where you're a friend, like great job. Not to say like we haven't built relationships with people here cause we have, Oh, absolutely. but we also are know our boundary of like profession and, and friend in a way, mm-hmm. you know? So like, we're going to get on you a little, I don't even say that we do our job. I mean, we do our job, like yeah. your job when someone hires you as a, you know, coach or for nutrition or whatever, is that when they check in, when they, you know, come to you for guidance, you give them the feedback. And if they're screwing up, you kind of not, you don't tell them like, Hey, you suck. Why didn't you track your food this week? But like you suggest like, Hey, let's try this, get a little bit better. Like let's have a better week next week. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know what I mean? And you do your job in that manner. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, I feel like a lot of gyms, like it's funny how many people come from other gyms and like they talk about being on nutrition, but they never checked in with anyone for their nutrition. I'm like, so well, they just give them numbers. How was their, your nutrition ever checked? Like did, did they just spit out some random number every month or every couple months or every week or, you know, or, um, I've ran people like where they didn't really get like feedback on anything like their movements or and that explains why some of them move the way they do, mm-hmm. you know, but I just feel like a, a lot of other gyms become this place where uh, everyone gets patted on the ass rather than you go there and you actually learn something, you know? Right. And then if you take like com- commercial gyms are just always going <laughs> to be a little different in a way. A little bit. So like, yeah, sure. They're professionally set up. You're going to have someone at the front desk. You're going to have a couple cleaning staff there or whatever trainers, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a couple people work in the smoothie bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to have all that and sure it's going to have all the bells and whistles and it's going to seem so professionally set up, but the coaching there isn't professional. Right. I mean, you maybe one out of every 30 trainers that goes through there is going to be like a professional and build a massive clientele or whatever. And nine times out of 10, they're going off and yeah, they're not staying. They're going to, cause they're not going to pay those commercial gym fees. They're going to go find a space, run right. it and have their own things set up. Right. So, so is that, is that make sense? What I'm trying to yeah. say there? Um, 
I know we've talked about it like as a, a staff too, where when you say like the level of professionalism, you have a lot of coaches around here who have bachelors or masters mm-hmm. and yet don't have results. Yeah. You have a lot of people who have a large clientele, but yet again, don't have results. I mean, out as far as what they're able to produce changes in those clientele. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's small mindedness uh, in lack of like, they live in their little bubble instead of looking at the grand mm-hmm. world. Cause I'll watch some of them post like their results of some client and, you know, even if it's a movement thing and you look at it and it's like, well, their body didn't change at all, <laughs> you know, or you'll look at some movement and be like, well, you showed them maxing out cool. And it's a 20 pound PR, but the technique is horrendous, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, what's always, I think a lot of times been different around here is like, all these people have always came in talking about how great everyone moves here and blah, blah, blah. And it's not, we're not, I feel like we're not doing anything outside of like our job, our job <laughs> and what a lot of coaches are, should already know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I know more than I think. I don't, you know, or same with everyone else. I, I don't know. That's just, it just seems that way to me. So, so. there was this graph that I saw and they showed Wait a minute. It's, you know the graph that Dan has right now on his whiteboard where it's like level of confidence and experience? Yeah. And like the more experience you get, like your confidence like plummets and eventually it comes back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I I always called that dip like the, at the very bottom, like the valley of humble. Yeah. There was this graph that was talking about that, but it was related to your ability to coach. And it's like 90% of coaches all know the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they do their best to communicate what they know. And that's it. And then you have like 98% of them know more, but they communicate in a way to make you know that they know more. Mm -hmm. They overcomplicate things in order to let you know. And that last 2% know just as much or more than everyone, but they're that last 2% because they can take it and make it sound really simple. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you have that, you know, 90% that hear that and they're like, oh, that's the only cue we need. No, no. That was the only thing that needed to be said right then. Yeah. And I think that's where we're good mm-hmm. is that we can say things in a way that really anybody would understand it, but it's like that sniper shot. Yeah. Like this is exactly what needs to be said at this moment to help this person. Mm-hmm. I'll take on people. And this is from all around the country. Yeah. Everywhere. And I'll watch them move in the initial videos that get sent over. And they've had a coach. <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I, I don't want to automatically blame a coach. Maybe this person just doesn't fucking get it. Maybe they are hard to coach. Maybe shit, here we go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then in like four or five, six weeks, things are magically so much better. And it's like, so you had that coach for years or you had that coach, multiple coach, like, and no one's ever fixed this shit. But somehow someone who... I wouldn't call myself any kind of like biomechanical, just guru. <laughs> like I know shit that no one else knows. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and how, like, how am I able to fix that in a couple online check-ins, like not even in person. Right. You know? And that's why I always think of like, like there's a client I have right now and I'm like, man, if this girl would come, 
you know, drive the couple hours and just have like a two hour session with me. Mm-hmm. We'll fix so much shit, you know? And it's like, how did you have an in-person trainer for a while? And it's still, you still haven't been told these things. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I remember what it was like to be new mm-hmm. and maybe just not know, but there can't be that many new coaches out there that like, do you know, especially yeah. with all the information now and stuff, it's like, uh, it's not, it's not culture. even like an issue that comes up, you know, like, take the issue I had squatting, you know, where, um, basically everything in my left shoulder was locked up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it caused like basically the shoulder to roll forward. Like the, because I couldn't, you know, extend back real well. Like basically my elbow heights were lopsided. I mean, it was kind of fucked up. I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm surprised the bar didn't twist more than it did. You know, I'm not even talking about shit like that because that comes up and it is hard to fix sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. And it need, it's not just cueing. They need to go get like manual work done on their body yeah. and things like that. I'm talking like people that don't even have even close to a basic squat form down or a basic like. Understanding of how to brace. Yeah. Put the bar. Move around like they, they can't even move properly through anything. And it's like. How? <laughs> How is that possible? Um, anyway, that's, that's a rant for another time. I think that's another aspect of the culture here where like constantly learning, constantly trying to be more educated on things, um, whether that's actively going out or just like the absorption of knowledge. Yeah. Like I know that we've talked about the number of things that you've changed about your own or not your programming, but the way that you program. Mm-hmm. It's like you look back at things that you wrote. You know, I look back at the way that I used to do some forms of recovery or didn't do some forms of recovery and think, oh, my God, I can't believe that that's how I provided service. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was atrocious. But by comparison to the way that I do things now, because I have that mindset of I need to be learning, I need to find ways to be improving or if a way to improve comes along, I'm not going to be closed-minded to it. Like if it's a way that I'm going to be able to provide a better service, then yeah, I'm going to figure out how do I incorporate that. And that's different than what we talked about at the beginning where people want to provide everything. Yeah. Like I don't try to bring every single modality in, but if there is one that I can bring in because it's definitely going to improve quality of service, yes, I'm going to look to figure out how to make that happen. And I think that that's like, it's a shared mindset. Yeah. I think like, that's, what's nice about here is like, sometimes like if I don't, maybe I don't know something, if I maybe don't know something or I have a question on something or whatever, like when it comes to recovery or what someone might need or Mm -hmm. whatever, I don't just kind of pretend to know, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I usually will ask you or I'll tell them to like, come to you, you know, message Dane, like whatever to find something out, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's like that. He said, it's like a shared mindset of like, if, if I don't know something, I'm not going to pretend to know and just spit bullshit out. Yeah. I'm going to go to the person that knows more, you know? So, um, same with like, you know, Dan with weightlifting, like I might see something and like, just cause I want to know, I'll, I'll ask what, what was the issue there with that lift or Mm -hmm. was it this? And he might say, well, 
yeah, it might have been that or no, it wasn't that. It's this. You know what I mean? Just because I'm interested in, you know, whatever and fitness yeah. in general. So I kind of, it's just more knowledge, even though I, like I'm not going to go coach weightlifters, but it's always, you know, and, there's a way and even like the programming, yeah. you know, like I've programmed and, and coached weightlifters, not as much from a technique, more of just like, here's a program kind of yeah. standpoint, but like, it's good, even though I don't do that anymore to still brush up on like things like that. Cause right. that might help me in the future with something else. I might be able to translate something I saw there into powerlifting somehow, right. you know, cause we still do things like snatch grip deadlifts or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So it's like, if, if you, you learn how to properly like move through like a snatch grip deadlift, weightlifters do them all the time. Now their movement pattern is slightly different, but cause they're going to put that thing overhead. Right. But, but you talk to Dan's like, Hey, how often do you do something like yeah. that? What do you notice as far as how it fits into the programming? So differences in culture mm-hmm. or ways that you would define culture. We have the level of professionalism that goes on here. The, the team mindset where it's a, a shared aspect. We're not yeah. like afraid to go to somebody and say like, Hey, would, what would you do with this client? Or what would you do with this athlete? The constantly trying to learn from one another and not to like take on someone's role, but to figure out like if that's information that I can make applicable and like you said, translate it. Yeah. What's the best way to do that? That idea of constantly learning and going yeah. through that. Those are the highlights that I'm hearing mm-hmm. as we're going through. Like with the culture of business and you know, different companies and stuff. It can kind of go on forever um, with different things that I've seen. And every every company is going to have a different culture. And everybody's going to have a different mindset on like how companies should be ran, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that. What you don't want, I think one of the biggest downfalls um, of a lot of places. And as much as like, you know, when you own something, you want to lead, but you don't want it to ever be a place where people dread to go. You know, you hear that all the time, especially like, you know, from the nine to five working crew of like, you know, take Timken down the road, for example. You know, many people have heard complain like about working there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I mean, it's a steel mill. They don't really give a shit, you know, but you look at some companies like I've never heard someone complain that worked at GM or Goodyear. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't people that complain or whatever. Yeah. But it's like. You know, it's still a factory job. I don't think I've ever heard someone complain about working at those two companies, but you hear it constantly. So why is that? It's a culture within the the business. Yeah. You know, so that's one thing I, I hope I never, I'm sure people bitch like it happens, but like, I hope I never get to that point where it's like, okay, everyone just dreads being here and yeah, I'm a fucking pain in the ass to, to deal with or whatever. Doesn't mean you need to like, always love your boss and like your higher ups and things like that. And same with like the higher ups, like they don't, they, how do I say it? Like you don't need to be reaffirmed by everybody that's below you and things like that. But you don't want as a culture, like, fuck, this place sucks to work at. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what if someone comes in like day two, like, Oh, welcome to hell. Like you hear that and you're just like, Oh, why did I get this job? (laughs) You know? I don't need to pay the bills that badly. So when I was in the National Guard, I really liked my platoon. Mm-hmm. 
we weren't super close or anything, but like the guys were great yeah. to be around. But there were a handful of people that were in other areas. I was like, God damn it. I have to do that with them this weekend. Like, yeah. That was the dread. Yeah. And so I looked forward to those times when like they weren't around or I didn't have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And using that as a comparison, like I've never had dread running my own business. Mm. I've had stress. Yeah. I've had anxiety. Yeah. I've had things that I'm really not looking forward to because they're responsibilities. Yeah. But I've never thought to myself, I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. No, it's I, I get to go to work. Yeah. And the hope is that as things grow, that is the environment that's provided. That if someone comes in and ends up doing massage here, ends up doing physical therapy, chiropractic, that they see this as the opportunity to get to work. No. And whether that's, like you said before, whether that's the go-getter mindset of like, I'm going to get to go there and grow things, or I get to go there and just knock out what it is I need to do. Um, that's what I want to aspire to have, because that has meant a lot to me. Like the spirit of that, of being mm. able to say like, I get to do this. This is an opportunity. Um, there was a, well, actually there have been a couple of uh, situations where I've worked with other physical therapists interviewed Mm-hmm. one physical therapist um, to see if they wanted to do some kind of that team aspect. And it's very uh, grounding to be in this environment and for that team aspect to just be so easy that you forget that doesn't exist Yeah. in other situations, whether that's uh, like sports medicine practices or gyms, et cetera, or yeah. the combination of the two. And to find that it's very much a, everyone out for themselves, even if they're working together, right? And it's not really working together. They're just, they're under the same roof. Yeah. Everyone talks a good game and says, yeah, we're going to be in this together. Like we're going to help each other out. No, you're going to look for a way to help yourself. Mm-hmm. And if that means using me or one of the other people to do it, yep. and automatically you see that their words are not the actual culture. They, they think they are. This is coming back to the beginning where we talked about it's the current buzzword. They're like, yeah, we're going to be in this together. We're going to have a team aspect. Yeah. Everyone's going to help each other out. But your actions are completely different. Mm-hmm. And those always shine through. Yeah. There's no retention that comes from pretending that you're going to have a team atmosphere and then just basically use people to help yeah. yourself. Yeah. I think the uh, yeah, I've seen that here a time or two um, with people that aren't here anymore. Whereas like, if there was a ex client and that client was maybe at a higher level, like they would almost want to come up with an idea to where they worked with that client too, mm-hmm. because someone else is working with that client to like, then again, help themselves, yeah. but wrap it around like, Oh, it's a team of like, you focus on this. I focus on this and you focus mm-hmm. you know. but it was just purely to help their own coaching in their own pocket yeah. rather than actually giving a shit to help that person and be in the team. Yeah. Yeah. You know.